Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Moriardi, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. It is that time again, time for review of the week. What is review of the week, you ask? Well, review of the week is your chance to be entered into a lifetime raffle to potentially win a masterclass that has over $100 in value. And all you have to do is head to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And when you do that, you are entered into the raffle with a chance to win a prize. But not only do you have a chance to win a prize, when you leave a review, it actually helps Apple Podcasts know what a kick butt pod this is. And it helps to spread the message that I'm teaching, which is that all women, all runners, deserve to call themselves an athlete if they run. So if you hear your name or your review on the pod, then you send me a DM at Serena Marie RD or send an email to Serena at Serena Marie RD and I will make sure that you get your prize. So today I am celebrating Jez Mash's review. She said, love. I love listening to Serena. She is so knowledgeable. It's really great info and I am so motivated. Thank you so much, Jez Mash, for leaving that review. Make sure you send me a message so I can make sure I send you your prize. I am so excited for today's episode of Dear Runner Bod because you are about to be inspired not only by this author's accomplishments, but when she shares her own personal story of how it was to exit diet culture and the profound effect it had on her life. So I am super excited to interview Christina Testit today. She has been a New York City public school teacher for 22 years, and she currently teaches kindergarten. She is passionate about social emotional learning and co-leads her school's SEL and equity teams. Christina resides in Long Island, New York, and she is married to her high school sweetheart, and she has two children, a 12-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl. She loves running, and she will be running the New York City Marathon for the second time this fall. Embrace Your Features, her first children's book, will be released on April 11th, and after struggling with her own body image for years and ditching diet culture recently, her goal is to help change the narrative around body image for all children and spread this body positive message to not only children, but their grownups and teachers too. So I have attached the links in the show notes for you to um, check out Christina's book, Embrace Your Features, and make sure you follow Christina at Christina under dash runs the world. And Christina is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. So Super duper excited for today's episode. Another episode today of Dear Runner Bod, and I have an inspiring, amazing human on the pod today who has just recently released a children's book all about, you know, body acceptance, self-acceptance, and I am super excited to have you here today, Christina, if you want to say hello. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. 
Yeah, so Christina and I have become fast Instagram friends. Um, I feel like we're both sharing a very similar message. We both love to run. And so I am like so, so excited that you agreed to be on the pod. So Christina, is it okay if we just kind of like dive into your story a little bit? You wrote this book. Um, we're going to get into like what the book is about, uh, why you like decided to write it. But like I want to hear your background. Like what brought you to this like self-acceptance space that you're in? So, um, I was, um, I struggled with body image pretty much my whole life. Um, I, I mean, I can remember the first time I, you know, thought that something was wrong with my body. Um, um, and that was really early on in like elementary school. And, um, you know, I, I always thought that I needed to change myself. And so like seven, eight years ago, um, I decided that going on a diet would be the way that I was going to finally feel this love for my body and have this self-acceptance. And so um, I did that and I, out of nowhere, became all of a sudden this like weight loss success story for this specific diet program. And um, my whole Instagram account was a weight loss success story Instagram account. Yeah, it's not like that anymore, <laughs> um, but that's what it was. Um, and um, I was complimented and applauded and praised on the daily for shrinking my body. And um, it took me five to six years to finally like have a mindset shift that something didn't quite feel right anymore. Like, I didn't feel comfortable with the diet talk anymore. And um, it was around uh, 2020, summer of 2020. And it was in the height of, you know, the quarantine, Zoom meetings, Google meets, and um, everybody always would come on the screen um, apologizing for how they look, um, what they look like. And, you know, if it wasn't, I'm sorry, my gray is showing. I'm, you know, I'm sorry I'm not wearing makeup. I'm, um, Sorry that, you know, I can't put my camera on. I don't want you to look at me. I look like a mess, you know? And I started to get uncomfortable hearing all these things. And I was wondering what what were children thinking when they were hearing their teachers say this or their parents say this? And so I always like hear people say, embrace your flaws, um, you know? And so um, I was like, you know, I, I want to look up, what are we calling flaws here? Like we're calling gray hair flaws. Like, let me look up what this word flaws really means. <laughs> so like words have always been important to me. I mean, I'm a teacher, like words matter to me, you know? And so I looked up flaws and like, when you look it up, it says imperfection, um, uh, something that mars you, a defect. And then when you look up the word feature, it's like attribute, trait, characteristic, and it was just such a nicer way to describe yourself, you know, and things that society has taught us to hate about ourselves and call defects or imperfections are really just normal parts of us who make that make us, you, you know, unique individuals. And so I tried to like write this whole post and I use the hashtag embrace your features all the time. And it just not was not making the impact I wanted it to make. And so, you know. I kept at it. And then I decided last year, a year, it was a year since I left diet culture and that specific diet program um, that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like put this book out into the world. This is how I think I can make the impact is maybe with a children's book. So this, it comes out of my, you know, my healing and my, my recovery. And 
Um, it's just my way of trying to be that change, like to help to be that change that we want to see in the world around body image. I love that. Like, so first of all, I, I, I love this backstory of like where your book Embrace Your Features got its name from, right? Like literally this like, um, this realization that our words matter. And this is something that I talk about a lot with my clients when we're going through like body image healing is how self-talk matters, right? I think so often, especially as women, we have really negative, really critical inner dialogue. And we're kind of like, well, as long as I'm like smiling and polite and nice to everyone around me, like who cares what's like happening in my head? And I and I, I love that you're like, well, it does matter, right? Something as simple as saying like this gray hair is a flaw versus this gray hair is a feature, right. like that distinct, distinguishing that it's not a flaw just because you're getting old. It's not a flaw to have body fat. It's not a flaw to have whatever it is that society has deemed as, you know, not part of the beauty ideal. Yeah. It's a feature. Yeah. And I also kind of love that feature doesn't, necessarily even have like a positive connotation. Like it's just kind of like it is what it is, right? And 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 so I I, I love that because yes, of course we want people to embrace their 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 features. Like I love that message as well. But for some women, especially older women who have been on this journey for a long time, it may not be like a place of like let's just love the gray hair, right? It might just be like, hey, it's not a flaw, it's a feature. It's a neutral. And so yeah. I, I kind of love that you like use that um, that word choice there. Yeah. I mean, listen, I have gray hair and I still get it colored. Is, does that mean that I'm not embracing my features? Nope. I actually say, oh, I'm going to go get my sparkles out. I tell my kids, my children, I always tell them, I'm getting my sparkles out of my hair today. You know, like, and it makes me even be like, it's, it's just, it's sparkles. I don't want them today. You know, they'll be there another day, but today I don't want them. I'm coloring them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's like we can you can you can stand for embracing your features and at the same time you get to decide what you want to do with your body, yeah. which I think is just really important to realize that people who practice body acceptance and self-acceptance we're not taking away our autonomy like we're still allowed to do with our body as we please. Okay. So very cool. So you're a teacher, you're around, you know, there's young minds all day long. And I'm just kind of curious, like, Christina, do you see kids picking apart the way they look? Like, was that at all part of your decision to write like a children's book yes. when you kind of realized you wanted to make this impact on the world? Yes, 100%. And, um, you know, I, based on my own experience as a child and what it was like growing up um, and hearing people talk about your body or their body. Um, but being a mother of a teen and a preteen, I see and hear a lot. And then on top of that, being a teacher for 22 years and being, uh, you know, with many different age groups, um, I hear and see it more and more um, uh, a lot. And it's even with the youngest ones. And it's not only just what they're thinking about themselves, but what other kids say to them. Like you know that early on, on children are getting the message that different or looking different or um, if their appearance is not what they think their appearance should be, they use that as an insult. You know, like uh, a student got a really short haircut, haircut and she happened to be a, a girl and kids are like, you look like a boy. Why did you get your hair that sh short? You know, and they're so young. And now I'm thinking this poor little girl is like, 
what's wrong with me? I'm not allowed to have short hair, you know? The, the word fat is thrown around all the time in schools. You know, I'm a kindergarten teacher and little ones are always coming to me and saying, they call me fat. Like fat is used as an insult all the time. Um, as young as four years old, we're hearing this, you know? Um, and then even the, like then as they get older, the fifth graders, the, they're having a very hard time with body image. I'm starting a group in my school, actually, um, all around it. Um, I'm a beautiful me teacher. It's um, part of this um, non-for-profit organization um, called the Hans, um, the Hans Family Foundation. And they have a program called the Self, Self-Esteem Rising. And through Self-Esteem Rising, they have different programs. And Beautiful Me is one of them. And its whole purpose is to um, give self-confidence and self-esteem um, to uh, specifically specifically girls. And then mm-hmm. we introduce um, the Confidence Club um, later on, which introduces boys and girls together. Um, so I'm starting that group in my school actually next week. I'm super excited um, to be, you know, working with third through fifth graders on their self-esteem and their confidence, um, specifically around body image. That is that is so important, right? Because I know, and, and this is part of like my story with my struggle with food and body is I was picked on, um, I think it was around fifth grade actually, when you just said that, I was like, yeah, that was when the bullies came out. But I was picked on and the the word that like is scarred into my head is pot belly. And then, you know, in my teenage years, like that was where I was fixated was on my, my, my belly, my pot belly. Um, so just like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but just like hearing the work you're doing and like knowing how important it is. Um, I just like want to say thank you, first of all, um, because if we can, you know, have a little girl grow up and not be teased or picked on or hear that less, right? Like who knows how that would have changed like my, my life trajectory, right? Um, so this is – I mean, it's really sad to hear. So so here's the thing is like the word fat, right? Like in our culture, we have assigned it a negative connotation. And yeah, like Christina's like not <laughs> because the word fat, it's just it's just an adjective. Yeah. And I and I understand why it carries such a punch because of the culture we live in. Right. But I know there's a lot of people in the world of like fat positivity who are trying to reclaim it as like either a positive or again, just as like a neutral, a feature. It's a feature. Mm -hmm. And so I think this conversation that we're about to have is super important because for anyone listening to this podcast right now, and, and, and this is something I've like, I had to work on. And I, I really feel like I've made progress in it in that when I was growing up, hearing myself be described as fat or pot belly, that was like the Thing that you could have said to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, there are women who are writing, I am, I am a fat um, yes. influencer. Like it is like a beautiful, positive thing. So yeah. when a four-year-old comes up to you and is like, so-and-so called me fat, how do we handle that conversation? How do we teach that child being fat isn't inherently a bad thing, even though that person was trying to be hurtful? Like how do we handle these conversations, Christina? So I, from the beginning of the school year, uh, make sure I have lots of different um, books in the classroom that um, have different characters that represent different sizes. And there's this great book called Bodies Bodies Are Cool. And I read it from the very beginning of the school year. Um, and there's also like great songs out there. I Love My Body, 
um, Big Belly. Like there's so many different things out there, but I've done the research, right? And so I make sure from the beginning, I have all these types of resources. So I start my year off in my, in my class with them knowing that bodies come in different shapes and sizes. Look at the characters in these books. Um, and so when the first time a, a boy this year came to me and said, uh, he's calling me fat, I said to him, remember, like all bodies come in all different shapes and sizes. All bodies are good, you know? Um, and you, they, they look at you like, yeah, that's right. They love singing the songs, you know, that they sing it. They tell me they sing it at home. So I think building that foundation from the very beginning, like because I work with them, you know, for 180 days out of, you know, this, the year, um, I, from the very beginning, try to instill those things um, into them. Um, and then also like talking to the teachers of the other children who say those things and hoping that they could maybe have the same conversation with those students. Um, but really that's what I usually say is, you know, you know, all bodies are good. Remember, you know, there's all different types of bodies and, you know, everybody is, has a different type of belly and it, we, we're all, all bodies are great, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that there's this like, you know, it's so funny because it's almost like it's part of your curriculum is what I'm hearing is like you are building this in as like something important that you're teaching your kindergartners just like, you know, when I think of kindergarten, I'm thinking like learning colors and numbers. I mean, I don't really actually know. Like you, you've built this into your curriculum. And I think first of all, it's like, like good, you know, like this is actually something that is so prevalent and so common. And so many kids grow up to struggle with eating disorder. It's like, why not build that into the curriculum, right? Like what an easy, like simple solution, like like drill this into their brain before somebody comes to them and teases them and calls them, you know, quote unquote fat. Like let them know like, yeah, fat is just, it's just a feature. It's it's a totally like okay thing to be. Um, yes. so, so I love that you kind of like, um, like cut him off at the start. Like you're just yes. like, Hey, this is, this is just a word. It's, it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to like handling like preteens, right. So you mentioned you have preteens, you have teens at home in your house. Like how is that con Like if someone's listening and they're like, okay, well maybe I was guilty of spreading this lie that fat is bad in my own household. And now I'm coming to a place of like making peace and, and, and finding self-acceptance and realizing bodies come in different shapes and sizes. Like how do we now spread this message to like older children, would you say? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I was this, you know, weight loss success story and my children saw me in a commercial for weight loss and they saw me in a booklet about weight loss. And, you know, like I said, I was celebrated a lot for that and they saw that and they were young, they were younger, you know, I never like, mentioned scales to them. And I never, I tried to hide a lot of that. Um, but diet culture is all around us. It's on TV, it's in the movies, it's on social media and having teens uh, on social media. Um, it, they see it all, you know, they hear it all and they hear it in school too. Um, so I had to really try hard to now like change the way, the things that they saw that I was doing. Right. So, um, it's a lot of positive talk. It's a lot of having the tough conversations. Um, it's a lot of like seeing something on the news or in a magazine or in a song that is not okay to say and saying it, pointing it out to them. Like, you know, 
that's that's fat phobic. That's not okay that they just said or did that. And um, I even saw it in my son's health homework. Um, they were learning about nutrition and there was a lot of fat phobic statements um, about, you know, different types of food. And um, I would point it out. And then all of a sudden, one day it was past the nutrition lesson and he was reading something in a regular fiction book. I don't know, remember what it was, but he turned to me and he goes, mommy, read this. This is fat phobic, isn't this? And I was like, yes, you know, um, and my daughter, like getting upset about something she sees on social media and responding about somebody fat shaming somebody. And here I am going, oh my God, don't say anything. <laughs> don't say anything because I want to protect her, right? Like from what the backlash is going to be. But so proud of herself for saying something about somebody making fun of a K-pop artist for what they look like, you know? And she wrote how they were being fat shaming or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, seeing that, that they're doing that at such a young age, I know now that having the conversation with them and pointing things out that are not okay um, is working, you know? So anything that I might've done that was making them think otherwise before when I was heavily in diet culture, I'm, I'm turning it around now. And that's so important to me you know, little things. Like even yesterday, my daughter was wearing a crop top and she was like, mommy, I feel so confident. I'm feeling more and more confident in how I look. And a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case. We were having conversations in a dressing room, you know, in a, in a store with her in tears. And I didn't want, I don't want my children to go through what I went through. I don't. And so if I could do anything to help them or the students in my class or the students in my school, I'm going, I'm going to do it because it's, they shouldn't have to go through this, what we like others have gone through. I have, I have literal goosebumps listening, you know, and of course it's so impactful to, to start young in kindergarten, but you know, to know that I, I think it's must be really healing if somebody's listening to this because it's everyone's story, right? Like I feel like this you know, movement towards body acceptance and fat liberation and body respect you know, I know it's not actually new, but I think in terms of like social media world, or maybe it's just new to me, but I feel like it's starting to gain a little bit more momentum. And so there may be listeners who are like, wow, Christina, I relate to you. Like I was the weight loss obsessed mom and I'm worried about all the damage um, or messaging I sent to my children, right? Because your children are always role modeling. They're always listening. They're always watching. Even if you were trying to not call yourself fat in front of your kid or, or what have not, like they're absorbing the messages you're sending them. And so to know that, you know, you were able to reverse and your kids are really now internalizing this new message that is so inspiring. And I, I feel like that just must instill so much hope for, for people who are listening and are like, Ooh, I'm, I'm afraid of like what damage I've done to my kids. So like, what did that conversation look like initially? Like when you kind of came to this realization, like I want to leave diet culture in 2020, like, did you sit your kids down and you were like, mom has decided, like, how did this, like, no. was it like a big one or just like no. slowly? And 2020 was when my mindset started to shift, but I didn't leave that diet program until uh, February of 2021. So there was still, you know, almost a year of um, me trying to make the decision if I was going um, to trust myself, basically. Um, and uh, it was not easy because you're taught the messages of 
Um, you're a failure if you don't stick on a, a diet, you know, if you don't keep the weight off. And so uh, my mind was filled with all those messages, a lot of noise, <laughs> like a lot of noise in my, in my head about um, what I needed to do. And at that time, I was training for the New York City Marathon, my first marathon. And I was one of those people who would be like, I can't eat carbs. Um, I look at a carb and I gain weight and I'm, I'm not eating carbs. And that wasn't going too well on marathon training. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> you know? So, you know, that helped me get away from it too. I, I used to count the points in the gels, you know, and let me even tell you, I only used gels when it was a race, like a half marathon race. And that was it. You know, I didn't know about fueling when I was deep into diet culture and I, you know, and I, and I was running and I was running races up to half marathons and I didn't fuel. I didn't do those things. And if I did use a gel, I put it in my tracker. You know, I was that deep into diet culture. And so I was training for the New York City Marathon um, and I needed to eat more and I needed to fuel myself. Excuse me. And so it was a process, you know, between that and uh, training and fueling and, you know, fighting the thoughts in my head that I shouldn't be really, you know, leaving, you know, diet culture. Um, I needed them. That's what they make you think, you know. Um, and then finally, um, I deleted the app in that, you know, winter of 2021, I deleted the app and, uh, I didn't, I didn't go back. And, um, I hid it from my kids. They saw that I didn't go to workshops for, you know, anymore. And they saw that and, you know, um, I had to get help more. I thought I could do it on my own. And I really, that was a couple more months of realizing I can't do it on my own. And, I had to like talk to a therapist about like, how do I tell my children this? Like, do I go to them? Do I have that? Do I just blurt that out? Hey, I don't follow diets anymore. And um, I, I I didn't do that, but I got good advice. Whereas sit them down when the time is right and just say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about something. You know, mommy used to, you know, really think this way. And now I see that that was not the best for me. And I think this way instead. And I did, I had that type of conversation and, you know, they're very cute. They love me unconditionally, you know, and my daughter is, I don't know how she is as strong as she is. I wish I was like her at 15, but she is like a, such a big supporter and cheerleader. She's like, yeah, you know, like, she's like, you don't need them. <laughs> and she points things out all the time. Like, wait, we watch her commercials come on. I was like, not knowing if I should say the name or not, but I, mean, and I don't like, mind. And yeah. she's like, you know, let's change the channel, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, I, it was a process and I just was a ma matter of fact with them and it was over time. But I think the modeling without even coming straight out and saying anything, I think all the modeling of me, you know, um, living my life, <laughs> you know, because before I, I wasn't, you know, is what's helping them understand. I should just title this podcast Goosebumps. <laughs> I just have a literal goosebumps. Like, and I, yeah, like, I think this is something that keeps people stuck is whatever the diet is, or even sometimes it's not a diet, but it's like, I eat clean, right? Like, I 
whatever. Like the, the, yeah. the food rules that are disguised uh, disguised, and you don't even realize you're dieting. But, yeah. you know, this fear of I leave the diet, I leave the food rules, and I've given up on myself. I'm a failure. Like you just mentioned that feeling. Yeah. And that is that is everywhere. Like everyone feels that. Everyone feels like I'm not getting I'm not getting complimented anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a failure. I gave up on myself because I'm not following all these strict rules. And it is so hard to to make that transition. And I'm so proud of you for asking for help. And I'm so proud of you to lean on, you know, therapy and to realize that it's okay as a woman to ask for help when she's struggling. Like that's another beautiful example to have set for your children. Um, And just realizing that that external validation from people complimenting you because we do live in this fat phobic world, um, that's not worth sacrificing the quality of your life, right? And so I can just see as you're talking, like you're getting emotional and you're like, I got my life back. Like instead Mm -hmm. of just constantly counting and worrying about like points or measuring or what have you. And so, you know, this is just, I just so, so happy that you brought that up on your own because I I do hear that messaging a lot of like, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your goal. But like, actually it's like you're reclaiming yourself. Yes. Like Christina, like, you you're a runner like just because we give up dieting doesn't mean we abandon health we abandon taking care of ourselves like i can just see on your instagram like you take fabulous care of yourself yeah but that's what the world thinks right so i still struggle with that like i still struggle with what is everybody else you know thinking of me because when you spend that long in you know immersed in diet culture and you are praised so much for your transformation photos and your side-by-sides, you get the message loud and clear that before you were, you were no good. <laughs> you know, you were ugly. You, you are better now. You are better, smaller. You are prettier, smaller, you know, and that, that, that's hard. That was the biggest struggle. Like, what are they thinking of me now? Because I got the message from everybody that I'm an inspiration, smaller and larger. I you know, really was not nothing, you know? So that's really the, that was the biggest struggle for me. And, you know, I regretted having an Instagram account that was, you know, geared towards my weight loss. I regretted telling people I was in a commercial and, you know, celebrating that because now it's like, what are they all thinking of me? You know, like that I'm not that person anymore. So that's the stuff you get to really dig deep about, you know? Somebody had asked me, were you happy then? Were you ha-? and and I was taken aback and I thought, you know, I was happy for the wrong reasons. I was happy because of all the the outside applause for all the external validation. That's why I was happy. When I when I truly think about it, you know, struggling with body image your whole life, never feeling enough. I found I finally felt enough to everybody else. You know? Yeah. Um, but now I'm learning. I'm learning because my family, my students, you know, people who love me for me, they, my weight doesn't make the difference in their lives. It's, you know, that's not what they care about. You know, all my accomplishments have nothing to do with what I look like. You know, my, my students, their, their parents, that's not what they love about me. That's hard. You gotta do it. I had to do the work for it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I think, 
everyone listening to this podcast can like relate to your story because it is really, really hard. But you have to kind of take a look, a long, hard look. And I always tell my clients, make a pros and cons list. And you're going to start noticing all of those cons and what they're taking away from you. And 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 so it sounds like that's kind of similar to like the work that you did and and that you're doing, right? Okay. I think I think the 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 secret to this here is that there's no finish line. This isn't a marathon with a finish line like body image acceptance, body image healing. It's this journey that we're going to be on maybe for the rest of our life unless society like really Thank changes you. a whole lot, you know, in the next like 20, 30 years. But like we live in a fat phobic world. A lot of people are profiting off of how much we hate ourselves and how we see our features as flaws. And um, and so therefore it makes sense that this is a struggle. And it makes us so appreciative to have people like you working with children trying to make the impact and shake up society and help these little humans that are going to become adults realize that a feature is not the same as a flaw. So, okay. So we have this book, Embrace Your Features. I now feel like I understand <laughs> the inspiration behind why you wanted to write it. So, so tell us a little about, about this book. Like, you know, um, it's a children's book, but um, tell me like, just tell me like what it's about, like who is it for, um, you know, just tell me all the things about the so, book. It's a children's book, right? It looks like a children's book. It's colorful, but it's really meant for everyone. My daughter likes to say it's everyone friendly <laughs> because my intention was for it to be the type of book that not only does the child get the message when it's being read or they're reading it, but the person who's reading it to them, the grown up, the teacher, whoever it may be, is also getting the message. Um, like I said before, it came out of my healing and you know recovery. And so it was like what my inner child needed. So I feel like it's what a lot of people, a lot of adults' inner child needs. And so my hope is that you know everybody gets the message. It's for the youngest to the oldest reader. As soon as Christina said inner child, I like lit up. I was like, yes. Like, so that's like Christina just mentioned, like that really deep work we have to do. That's a lot of what that deep work is, is reparenting that inner child, that little girl who heard her mom, you know, beating herself up because she didn't fit in a dress. It's that memory. It's that version of yourself that we need to tap into and reparent and talk to. And so like, Absolutely. This is a children's book, but like I want a copy. My my sister's actually a teacher. I want to get her a copy for her for her classroom, um, especially after hearing this podcast today. <laughs> but yeah, like literally talking to yourself like you're a little kid and talking to that version of yourself who needed that simple, colorful, you know, engaging, fun language, that is so healing. Even if you are the oldest of readers. That is yeah. healing for you. And I love that you just pointed that out, Christina. I, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's meant to spark conversation. So like a pre-K and kindergarten student can't just pick it up and read it independently by themselves. But, you know, it's meant for a discussion to happen. Like, what does that, what do you think that means? Embrace your features. And how can you embrace your features? Um, so that's what my hope is, is that deep conversation comes out of it. Yeah, I really, I really think it will. I think especially everyone needs to follow Christina so that you also just kind of get this lens, right, of the way we need to look at the world in this different way where it's not just like somebody call me fat. Oh, honey, you're beautiful. Don't say that, right? Like it's like having right. conversations about 
fat is not bad. Fat is right. a feature and it is a beautiful feature and embrace the gray hair, not the kindergarten <laughs> gray hair, but like <laughs> embrace all the pieces yeah. of you. We don't have to just like brush it under the rug and say, oh, honey, you're beautiful. Like, yeah. no, let's, let's dive deep into how all of these different ways that humans look are okay and, and, and beautiful in their own way. Yeah. And the deeper message too, and it's in there as well, is that our appearance is not, does not dictate our worth. Um, that, you know, no matter what we look like, what matters more is how we treat others and how um, we make others feel about themselves that's what matters. And I hope that message gets out too, that appearance does not dictate worth. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, everyone listening right now can tell like, Christina, you are not a failure. You did not give up. You wrote a book. You're a runner. You are spreading a message. You're involved in, you know, the this confidence club and this beautiful me club. Like you're making um, – a mark on this world. And so if you just needed that reminder today, like you're not a failure, like you're incredible, you're an inspiration. And I think it's just like, you know, hopefully inspires people who also have received that message that when you leave dieting, you've given up and it's like, heck no, you make, you reclaim space in your brain to, to make important differences in your life rather than just focusing on how do I shrink myself as small as possible. 100%. I, I think that if I would have stayed immersed in diet culture, I was so obsessed with scales and food and what my body looked like that I don't think I would have been doing any of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christina, every single person on this pod gets asked this question because we don't have enough women in this world talking about this. Why do you love your body? Well, first and foremost, I love my body because I carried my two um, beautiful children in this body and they, um, my, this body helped me deliver them and recover from the delivery. Um, I also love my body because it's mine. It's, it's my body, you know, the scars, the, um, birthmarks, uh, the, all, all those things, those are part of my body and that's, you know, nobody else has those things on their body that, you know, this is mine. Um, and also because it has carried me over many finish lines, um, something that I thought I could never do before. Um, uh, so I'm grateful for, you know, my legs to get me over those finish lines, my arms to pump me, you know, through the whole race. Yeah. It's hard to answer that question, but um, you, when you really sit down and think about it, like your body is amazing and you should you know, give it the, the, um, celebrate it. You should celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, I'm making every single person <laughs> comes on this pod uncomfortable. Like we're going to dive into it. <laughs> I've listened to every episode and it's just so inspirational. And I started following everybody who's been on it because they're just, I've learned something from everybody and it's just amazing. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. For saying that. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your book, Embrace Your Features um, by Christina Tested. Everyone go and purchase a copy, Barnes and Nobles, local bookstores. Do they is it like on Amazon? Can we just it's um on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but if you Google it, it comes up in a lot of different places. I've seen it at Walmart.com. I'm working very hard on getting it on actual shelves inside of stores. That hasn't happened yet, but online, if you just Google it, you find it in a lot of places. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Christina. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear RunnerBot. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.